Welcome to the Rural Record Producer podcast. I'm David Booth from the Recording Booth studio in rural Suffolk, UK. The studio is a building in my garden, so you could say I'm making records in an English country garden. I'm a music producer, singer, songwriter and eternally distracted multi-instrumentalist. In these weekly podcasts, I'm going to be talking to a whole bunch of different people with one thing in common. They make some or all of their living from music. So, expect songwriters, promoters, brand specialists, electronic drums wizards, live sound engineers, choir leaders, gig bookers, festival curators, tribute band musicians, music charity chiefs, and a whole lot more. I'm based in the UK, but I have musical friends in different parts of the world, so I'll be doing my best to hook up with all of them over the coming weeks and months to give a broader view of this crazy collection of jobs we do. My guest this week is Claire Cordo. Claire is the director of the British Association for Performing Arts Medicine, or BAPM, as it's often abbreviated. She's also guitarist and singer in Celtic fusion band Artwork, and chair of Sea Folk Arts, which celebrates artists and musicians in coastal communities whose work is inspired by their maritime heritage. So, loads to chat about. We better get on with it. Firstly, thanks for being here, and did I get uh, the pronunciation of your surname right? You did, yeah. Thank you. Uh, good. Okay. Good. Uh, I don't like to get those things wrong right at the beginning of conversations with people. So um, uh, we we have loads to talk about, um, and I want to get onto your music and how you got into that. Uh, so we will do that uh, a little later. But um, I guess, uh, especially in these interesting times that we are in, so for those of you listening in 2021 or 2022, having found this podcast in a random corner of the internet, uh, we are right in the middle of the COVID-19 lockdown situation here in the UK and around the world. Um, Now, I imagine uh, you are the most qualified of the people certainly that I've spoken to so far on this podcast (laughs) to talk about health issues, being the director of happen uh so can we talk about your if you like your day job first uh your your big job please if that's okay yeah so i i run bapam it's it's um uh, a uk-wide organization which looks after the health of performing artists um and what we do is offer free clinical assessments specifically for performers who've got health problems that are related to their occupation. So we don't deal with um, cancer or some, right. of the, some of the other particular conditions, but we tend to see people who've got um, musculoskeletal uh, problems yeah. as a result of strain uh, through playing or maybe got through some other way, but is now affecting their, um, their, their playing and yeah. performing. Uh, we deal with vocal health problems. We deal with mental health problems, and hearing problems also tend to be um, a key issue uh, as well. We get the odd um, group of people who have problems with their eyesight because they're trying to both read the music on the stand and see the conductor. Yeah. Um, so those sorts of things, and then sometimes dental problems. So if you have a problem with your teeth, it can then affect your embouchure. Yeah. Um, and, and cause you to have problems with with playing. So those are the sorts of things we we look at, and um, we're funded by the industry. Um, so both um, some of the charitable benevolent funds in the industry, like Help Musicians UK, mm. um, and also through the unions, Equity and the Musicians Union fund us. PPL funds us. Um, so there are a number of different organisations. Um, 
who who very generously give us money yeah. so we can provide these free clinical assessments. Um, and we have a group of doctors that do assessing and other clinicians as well. Um, but we also have uh, a wider group of um, over 200 clinicians up and down the country who have a specialism in looking after performers. Right. So that's kind of that's kind of our core bit. But because we see so many people with health problems, and of course your your local GP may be a specialist yeah. in working with violinists or, or whatever, but um, they you know they may only see one person in their career yeah. who has that problem. Yeah. So all of our clinicians have their own clinical specialty, but also have um, a specialty in 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 looking after performing artists right. so actually you can go to that directory and and um go and get access to somebody yourself if you if you'd like to yeah. and so we can refer people on to further treatment and working with the benevolent funds very often we can help get funding for that if it's outside the nhs wow amazing yeah so that's we're really pleased to be able to do that because we do that because we see these problems. Um, we also see how some of these problems could be prevented. So we run lots of training on health education, on how to look after yourself, yeah, to um, you know how to stop some of these things happening, and also how to address them when they do. Um, so we're we've just been running a series of uh, webinars, and then we're going to run another series over the. Uh, and again, these are free, um, so you can join them on Eventbrite. And we're going to be doing some on healthy practice right. um, during lockdown. Right. So, yeah. So, so um, I don't want to dwell on the lockdown thing too much because uh, uh, it's 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 uh, it's all consuming anyway. But uh, for specifically for for these next few weeks, for people listening, um, your I know that uh, I just had a quick look on the the, the Bapon web, website. So you're still able to to function and and put people in touch, albeit remotely, with your usual services as, as well as doing these sort of uh, proactive um, webinars, etc. Yes, I mean, I think in common with everybody else who you know suddenly you had to change your working model to. Yeah. Um, be remote almost overnight um but luckily um because we've we've I mean, we have a lot of demand for our services as you can imagine yeah. and um we've been wondering how to be more efficient about it and probably about 10 percent of our work was telephone assessments anyway right um and we've been putting all our patient database in a secure online um space and so that you know all the data protection yeah. law is followed and, and patient records are kept confidential. Um, we also have internet phones um, and all our folders, um, all our documents are online as well. Mm. So actually we could um, go home and get all, still run a helpline because yeah. the, the calls still come through to us. And then all of our clinicians now work online and increasingly we're bringing in video conferencing right. for some of those. And particularly, you know, if you have a hand problem, yeah, our hand surgeon can sort of look at your hand and say, well, where does it hurt? And you can show. And yeah. he's saying, actually, that's that's okay for triage. You can you can work out what's going on and give some advice. And then if people need a procedure of some sort, obviously you can't get that 
at the moment, yeah. but you can get on the waiting list, so you can get it sorted as, as soon as possible, and then you can and you can have some strategies for how to manage what's going on. Yeah. Um, meanwhile. Yeah. Um, so I mean, um, I've been a, a musicians' union uh, member for well uh, a long, long time, twenty years or something now, um, yeah. and that's probably how I became aware of of, of Bapam. But how long has it actually been? doing this that it that it does uh is, about 30 years now oh, wow, okay. um it was set up by a group of doctors who were either themselves um performers or worked a lot with performers and thought hang on a minute this is this is something that is not routinely seen and in some areas it's really quite specialist it would be good to get together offer yeah. a service that people can get to so they make sure they get the right care yeah um so that they can get back to performing as quickly as possible and also to kind of draw attention to it as a specialty put together some of the quality standards you know engage with the clinical community Mm. more widely to say if somebody presents like this then this is really what you should do because actually i mean it's um we were trying to count up how how many performers there might be in in the country um there's probably about two to three hundred thousand um right which isn't, I mean, that sounds like quite a large number, but yeah. if you think that the population of Suffolk, where we are, is just over 700,000, you know, it's, it's okay. basically right. under half of Suffolk, but spread right across the UK. Yeah. So, you know, you're you're not going to, there's not enough activity to have a sort of local specialist. Sure, okay. Area. Yeah. Um, and, th- well, this, this thing about having a specialist available, I mean, I, I think... Uh, you, you probably won't argue with this, but I think there should be uh, more publicity for you guys because um, I, I know as a performer who for many, I suppose for many years, like, like a lot of people, I, I worked sort of semi-professionally or part-time in the end- industry and then went professional eventually. But um, I, I've had various, I, I had problems with my wrist uh, when I was mm. younger with drumming, um, which sorted itself out, thankfully. Um, but uh, more recently, in the last few years, my you know, I have stiff finger joints. I mean, I'm only 46, but I, and but I, you go to. So I've been to a GP and, and, and said this, but I feel like I have to really explain myself that I really do do music for a job, and if I mm. can't do a certain thing as part of my job, then I will struggle to earn a living. And and it's that that thing about going to a, a normal GP. And of course, most GPs are very kind and very thoughtful. Uh, I know they don't have a lot of time though also. So to have to first explain your job and then explain your issue seems mm. to me problematic. And, and to be able to, to, the thought that we can go straight to somebody who's specialist through you guys, um, I think it's great. And, and that's why I'm so happy to be able to talk to you and, and do my little bit to, to spread publicity about the organisation. Oh, thank you. No, well, we're pleased because we haven't got enormous coffers no, um, to no. spend um, on it. And so one of the things that we perhaps don't do as you know, we don't have a big communications department. Yeah. Um, so we do what we can, but yeah, we do rely on our partners and um, our advocates to, to tell people. And, and actually when we ask people how they found out about us, probably the large majority is word of mouth so if somebody's had a good experience and they tell their right. friends and okay. as you know yes um as musicians we're all quite well connected in our localities and um so that's how people come forward but i wouldn't want to say that um the nhs 
isn't able to offer a service, it totally is. Oh, yeah, but sometimes yeah. if somebody comes to us, then we can write to the GP and say, we've just seen this patient, um, we've examined them, this seems to be going on. I would suggest a referral to this specialty okay. and then you go back into the yeah. NHS. So sometimes it's just about sort of negotiating around the services that are available yeah. um, and making sure that the GP, who's maybe never seen a professional singer before with a um, horse throat knows that there is an nhs specialist clinic that deals with that yeah yeah brilliant okay well we need to all get on the case then with making sure that <laughs> more Please. musicians are are, <laughs> are are aware of all of this um I, I think um i want to talk to you about your music as well as your 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 day job so uh bapam is is the day job um but uh i certainly first became aware of you um uh when you were playing guitar uh, so you play guitar and you sing in artwork tell me about artwork uh it's i i don't know how to categorize it apart from i looked on your website and it said you were a celtic fusion band but yeah we, we, we kind of wonder how to categorize it as well but we were playing um phoebe who's our uh recorder player um was working in a school in cambridge and um one of the dads at the school was the manager of Muse. And he said, well, you're psychedelic, psychedelic Celtic folk fusion. We all, yep, okay, we'll have well, that. if somebody like that says that, then <laughs> who and are that's we That's how argue? we describe it now. Excellent. It's got, I mean, it's, it's based in the kind of Celtic tradition. Our tunes are based on traditional Celtic um, formats. Yeah. Um, which were always really written for dances. Yeah. So we do lots of barn dances and Kayleys when we, when, when we're able. Yeah. Um, and um, so we use that format, but what we do is to um, play about with the, with the underpinning rhythms and, and grooves. We use lots of effects. So our, the fiddle player has yeah. got a whole bank of effects. So he's, you know, wah-wah and phaser and all sorts of things. I've seen his pedal board. It's very impressive, <laughs> especially for a <laughs> well, fiddle it's player. Fun. It's fun. Yeah. The bass player equally has got about a million effects. Um, I use effects on my voice as well. So we play about with it a lot and, and Art writes lots of the tunes. So most of the tunes that we do are actually original tunes, but they're based on that, on yeah. that kind of Celtic format yeah and you go so i mean i i first saw you oh a bunch of years ago um so we're we're, we're both based in in uh, in suffolk and I, I saw you in the village of debenham uh years ago at the crows hall thing and i think at that point i think you were i'm sure on that day you were just playing as sort of an acoustic duo, duo. just just you mm -hmm. and i yeah. but then i've uh i've seen the band as well and that's a magnificent beast so i mean it's definitely something <laughs> that that any any decent festival could have a late night in a tent and get in a couple of thousand people seriously dancing yeah, or when when the world can do that again i should say i know um, i know let's, uh, which let's is, hope yeah, yeah we, i mean we came out of um a kaylee band which was based in debenham mm. um called Workhouse. All right. We're okay. together for about 20 years and we always we used to do loads of primary school sort of PTA stuff and right. oh, I don't know. We did loads of cases. Now at our at our height, I think we played at the Towsy Folk Festival. So right. we were kind of, you know, getting a reasonable following yeah. and some great bookings at some of the, the bigger folk festivals. Right. Um but you know, these things 
sort of disappear after a while. All right, bye now. Um, Art and I wanted to carry on. Um, so we thought, right. Um, I was playing bass actually with um, a band in Peterborough at the time, and they were booked at a free festival in um, uh, near Granada in Spain. Oh, wow. And um, so I said to Art, do, do you fancy coming? Shall we see if we can get booked as, as a duo? And um, so, so we did. And right. that was, um, you know, that was, that was the beginning. So that was a pretty good first, first gig to do. Um, and then, yeah, as we've developed, um, we've, um, yeah, we've been so lucky to be joined by, by some amazing musicians, you know, mm. proper qualified musicians who know what they're doing um who've really so enhanced the sound um you know it's a it's a joy to play together really yeah yeah okay well it looks like it when i've seen you play yeah you, 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 you're all clearly enjoying it it's a, it's a great great noise you make as well oh, thanks you're listening to the rural record producer podcast with me david booth and my guest Claire Cordo. So you play guitar in that band. Um, and, well, you've just told me that you've played bass as well. Um, wh- why did you start playing guitar? I-, I ask this of everybody I speak to. How did you get into playing? Uh, did, did you, have you always just played guitar or did you come at it from a different instrument? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I was, I was lucky in that my, my family um, were quite musical. My dad always played the piano. Um, there was a piano in the house. Um, I played it and I'm old enough to, you know, not have grown up with multiple channels on the TV um, <laughs> and lots of time. So there's in, in a rural area and so kind of music was something we did. I had friends who who played music and that was a big part of our lives. Um, so I initially learned the piano and then, and then the guitar and sort of uh, didn't really learn the guitar formally very much, but you know, learn the chords and yeah. fiddle about. And then I did that sort of until I went to university and then, you know, did the usual thing of being able to play in pubs and that sort of thing to yeah. um, supplement my grant, um, which we had at the time. Yeah. And um, and then it was in the 80s, sort of, I suppose, uh, mid-80s when um, I went to London and, you know, folk music and singer-songwritery stuff wasn't really what happened um and so um yeah i took up the bass and and played in an indie guitar band oh cool it's and then finally when i came back to suffolk and i'd got children by then there was a local kaylee band looking for a bass player so i joined them so i worked with workhouse so Uh, that's kind of been the trajectory and i've only really picked up the guitar again since we've been with artwork um because as a duo, um, fiddle and bass don't quite work. So, right, no, not really. <laughs> it could be interesting with a bunch of effects. Yeah, not on it's not quite on its own. You need no. a bit more kind of oomph. Yeah, but the, the Celtic thing though uh, is is where is that? Uh, I the reason I'm asking this question actually, I, I should prompt you on this. That is that um, last year, uh, this time last year, I went, uh, I did. Um, a, a week-long or five-day course up in on the Isle of Skye um, oh. 
wow. and, and uh, a guitar, playing guitar in a traditional Scottish music setting. I've never done anything like that in my life before. Um, I, I come from a pop rock background, uh, mm. uh, uh, but um, I and and actually I got I got um, one of the is it transmission fund grants from Help Musicians UK. Oh, congratulations! Yeah. So that sort of basically paid for the trip, and mm. it was part of. I suppose I've been playing guitar for years, but I wanted to stretch my abilities and knowledge uh, uh, and i know that there's a there's a different sort of knowledge in different sorts of music and and that's i love listening to scottish folk music and but i've never played it but uh my colleague my friend matt bayfield got me listening to some folk music and i'd, I'd got to play at folk east for a couple of years i was like this mm. could really sort of be another string to my bow uh or, or string to my guitar so I, <laughs> I, I was looking i went and did this course and got really into that sort of music but um and, and it's it's just such a, a, I don't know. Uh, how did you get into the that sort of music? I suppose the question is: Is it just because you ended up liking that music and therefore you wanted to play it, or did you have somebody that particularly went and sent you in that direction? Yeah. Okay. So hmm, it's an interesting question. Um, <laughs> so I personally, um, I mean, I grew up in Suffolk, um, and in the 70s there were the um albion fairs right um different fairs around around the place and um there was quite a lot of folk music there and they were kayleys um and we you know as sort of 15 16 year olds we'd go out and um i always thought then it was just such joyous mm. music it sort of lifts you it brings people together um you 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 go in you don't know all these people and suddenly you're dancing with them and um you know it just I don't know it spoke to me I thought it was fantastic um and always loved it so it was uh very exciting to be able to play in that kind of a band um and of course Art the fiddle player actually you know it's um he's from the Outer Hebrides originally. Okay, I didn't know that. So I know I, I've met Art a few times and worked with him in the studio a few times, uh, but I didn't know that. You wouldn't tell from his Brahmi accent. No, you, absolutely. <laughs> okay, right. So, so this is possibly where a bit of it came from with with him. Certainly. So, where where, where in the Outer Hebrides? Uh, the Isle of Scalpy. So, if you went to Sky oh, okay. and you were looking over at the Outer Hebrides, you might have seen um, a red and white lighthouse. Yeah. Um, I, when you're looking over to Tarbert, that's where he was born. He was born in the light. His dad was the lighthouse keeper and he was born there. Wow. I mean, he left quite early on um, okay. and they went down to Birmingham right. to work there. But I think it's um, it's always been in his soul. Yeah. Well, that's that's what the, uh, I suppose that's why I ask you, who as somebody from... Oh, Suffolk. Uh, I'm from mm. Derbyshire, and now I've lived in East Anglia for, for for nearly half my life. So I've got no links with that music at all. But it really, uh, you know, the the Celtic music and the Scottish tr- traditional music, and also the the Gaelic language. Um, I just find it is. I don't know whether I was a, I don't know, a bit of seaweed on the Outer Hebrides in a past life or or something, uh, because something about that music really has grabbed hold of me having done a course I, I know now I'd have to practice a lot more um to be able to play it's a very different stuff. style I mean I yeah. I totally don't um ours and I totally don't play the right <laughs> the right traditional style um I mean I think um you know some of the some of the musicians in Scotland are just extraordinary yes. and the group at sort of Plockton which is where the there's the traditional school that people coming out of there just um, amazing yeah um and they're such good musicians and 
So I'd hesitate um, to put myself anywhere near those in any sort of comparison. Um, and I think we sort of deliberately just do what we do. Yeah. Um, because really, you know, we, we're not in that class at all. Um, <laughs> but, but I suppose it's just, it's the feeling of it. It's the, the resonance of that kind of music. It yeah. somehow, I don't know, it sometimes somehow speaks to, yeah. it's even, speak to a lot of people when we play it we get you know two-year-olds down the front jumping away you, you, you yeah, know it, it seems to speak to all age groups yeah uh, um and we can play it quite happily in you know at the school the school pta as well as we can in the festival tent as you say so i think there is something about it that speaks to something in inside us yeah yeah um and uh I, well i hope to be able to go and you know, do do some more, I don't know, time up, up there and, and learn more about that music because I'd love to play more of it. But um, Yeah, well, you can give us know. some tips, actually. That would be, and, uh, <laughs> right. well, well, You play so many instruments anyway. Well, uh, well that's my problem, though. Like, yeah, I, I play a bit of everything and I'm a master of nothing. And, and I try to focus, I think, one, like last year, I was like, right, I'm going to really focus on my guitar. But then this year, I'm, I'm probably playing a bit more drums. And then mm. it's, it's lovely. I mean, I've got all this stuff in the studio here. Um, and uh, in a way i suppose that's how i my living is is being able to do a bit of everything um yeah. uh, and and sort of get away with it but sometimes i wish i could just you know well the guitarist uh who was who was teaching uh this this course i went on in sky um he was just astonishing and he plays with a, a gallic band dive um and and uh, i thought you know if i practice for a hundred years three hours a day I'd never be that good but but and also I'd never focus I'd be like oh, I think I'll just uh, play some drums today or or whatever it's it's difficult sometimes to focus but um, and my children are very like that as well they're very musical but they're scattered <laughs> all over the place but uh, I just hope they enjoy it um so I want to talk to you about your sea folk arts thing uh, oh, yeah. and the boat. So I don't know tell me about either one whichever one you want first or, or interrelated they are yeah, so, um, I mean, Art is um, a marine electronic engineer, and yeah. um, so it means he spends all his time on boats sorting out people's electrics and wiring up things, and yeah. um, he's done some amazing work, including... Um, there's a guy, Ollie Hicks, who... Um, I was... Who, ah, I, I know of Ollie Hicks, yes. You know Ollie? Yeah, oh, I, yeah. I, I, so I, did, uh, yeah, I recorded uh, something for him once, about two years did ago. You? <laughs> Just briefly, yeah. He was doing some promotional thing. Uh, so I met him briefly, yeah. Oh, right. Well, so he's an amazing ocean-going paddler. Yeah. And um, he's done the Atlantic um, to the UK the wrong way round, and he's gone yeah. from Tasmania to New Zealand. Yeah, and rowing um, it. He's, he rows yeah, it. Yeah, rowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so Art's always done his electrics. Ah, to, okay. Yeah, so that's his work. Um, and we were based in Debenham, but most of his work was out of Woodbridge and up and down the coast. Um, and so he wanted to have um, a sort of shop front in Woodbridge and and... And we thought, well, why don't you have a boat? Mm. I didn't really need much persuasion um, to get a boat. And so he looked at some of the um, old, um, some of the decommissioned fishing trawlers, and we found one um, from Troon, right. um, Scotland, and um, he sailed it around here. That's Marie. Um, you know, she's, they kept the um, the quota, fishing quota, and we, we, we had the boat. Right. So, 
Yeah, she's been, I mean, she's basically his his office workshop. Right. But, you know, she sits in the mud and we try to take her out as much as we can, but we thought, well, um, you know, she shouldn't just be sitting in the mud. She needs to be doing stuff. That's what she's there for. Um, how about we bring the music and the um, the boat together because she's, she's big. Yeah. Um, we could, you know, maybe we could have a stage. So we pitched this to Ipswich Maritime Festival um, and for a couple of years, we ran the music stage there on on the boat. Yeah. So we book in musicians and then build the stage with scaffolding. We got initially we got the stage built, then we learned how to do it ourselves. So we carry the scaffolding in the hold, and then oh, so okay. what that means is we can rock up to a festival, yeah, build the stage, yeah, run a festival. So that um, and that's and that's what we do now. And the whole concept has sort of developed. Um, so last year when we went out to festivals, we also, um, offered some songwriting workshops on Marie and, um, so we've got a cabin that people can sit in. We have about 12 people doing that. And we used, um, a film that we'd made with Jan Pulsford called the story of Marie, which has got lots of footage of Marie, um, you know, her launch and working as a, a fishing boat. We'd sort of tell the story of the fishing industry and the demise of the fishing industry and um, uh, to get people to think about that. And then we were using a recording of her, uh, the engine sound, right. which turned out to be an E-flat. So we <laughs> transposed it up because no one really wants to play it in E-flat. Um, <laughs> and then we ran that as a workshop and people wrote, and people wrote extraordinary things and wow. um, wonderful stuff, beautiful words. Yeah. Um, you know, the um, music is her harbour now. Right. Um, one lyric, it, you Amazing. know, just a, the transition and, and it got people thinking about it. So that was really lovely because we what we wanted is some way of engaging um, the musicians from different places that we went with some of the musicians that we brought as crew yeah. on Marie. Right. Uh, and this seemed like a really good way to do it. So we've been at Ipswich, been at Great Yarmouth, further afield. We've done the Hull Folk and Maritime Festival a couple of years. We did Scarborough Sea Fest last year. We've been to Pampol, um, Chant de Mar Festival wow. in Brittany. And we were booked this year at Brest, Fet 19, oh. which is, you know, every four years. And right. it's about three miles of boats and music and oh. due to be their music boat. And <laughs> oh. anyway, Never hopefully, mind. hopefully again, we, yes. this year we were going to do Beowulf in um, Woodbridge, which would have been this weekend. Ipswich Maritime is still potentially going ahead. Okay. So, um, if that doesn't get cancelled, we'll do that. Great Yarmouth. Um, when 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 are those due to be? Uh, so the the Ipswich one, I think, is the it's the same weekend usually as Folk East. It's the I think it's the whatever okay. the eighteenth, nineteenth, yes, or twentieth, first of August is. Yeah. Um, and Great Yarmouth, I think, is the second weekend in september okay so, so it's a chance that they might still go ahead then they might but i don't i mean this yeah. it's so hard to tell i mean some people yes. are saying well there won't be any gatherings until yeah. 2021 so yeah oh, fingers crossed yeah. we'll see but yeah that's i mean that's just been amazing and of course it's given marie 
a new lease of life. She's got which is brilliant. She's yeah. a dual purpose, yeah. and um, it gives us enormous pleasure. It's a it's a lot of work. <laughs> well, a lot of work do do, do, doing the the festivals or just keeping the boat going, <laughs> or both. Oh, keeping the boat going, but then she's worth it. Um, yeah. And then, but then when you do a festival, you know, Scarborough is twenty four hours by sea. Right. So you get there, you tie up, you get up the next day, you build the scaffolding that takes and put up the stage and and that takes about six hours and then you run the stage for two days and then you take the scaffolding down and you go back and that's and then then you need a couple of days off which is an adventure and we've got lovely crew that come with us it's um it's fun amazing and that's uh the so that's sea folk arts so is that sort of a formal organization now uh, yeah, so we kind of started it a bit informally, and then we thought, well, no, we sh- we should put this on a formal footing. We should, you know, make sure um, where people are paying us for festivals that they can pay into a bank account and it's proper, and there's a constitution yeah. and a committee and yeah. all that sort of thing. So we have constituted now. It's not formally a, a charity right. um, or anything, but it does have a constitution and officers and yeah, entries to a check and all I those guess, sorts of things that you uh, need. And you're used to running that sort of thing anyway, so. Uh... I guess that comes in the second nature sure. too. Does it? <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Uh, right, I've taken up enough of your time. Uh, thank you so much for, for chatting to me in, in this very strange time that we're in right now. Um, and uh, I, 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 you should give me, finally, um, where can people find all your different things? So so BAPAM, Artwork, Seafolk Arts, mm. where online can we find you? So, Sea Folk Arts is is online. Um, and actually, I can I can uh, confirm that if you just Google Sea Folk Arts, it does bring you up. So, um, yeah. Artwork is also artwork.co.uk. Artwork is double A. It's a double A. Yeah. Yes. A A R T work. Yes. And um, Bapam is B A P A M Bapam dot org dot uk. That's right. And just call us if you if you're a musician and you or a performer of some sort and you think we can help you, we would love to hear from you. Brilliant. Okay, and uh, I shall do my best to spread the word about that because I think it's a brilliant organization. So um Thank you. Awesome. Thank you very much Claire for talking to me. Um uh, look after yourselves uh, down there in uh, in Woodbridge. You are, aren't you? If if I'm rightly, yeah, uh, yeah look after yourselves. Uh and uh, hopefully too. we'll bump into you later in the year properly. Yeah, well, take care. Good luck with everything. Thanks for having me. All right, cheers. Bye. All right, bye now. So that's all for this week. If you want to get in touch with some constructive feedback or perhaps ideas about future subjects for these podcasts, I'd love to hear from you. Email david at therecordingbooth.co.uk, Twitter at Rural Record Pro, or my main website is therecordingbooth.co.uk. You can find me there. Thanks for listening to the Rural Record Producer Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please do make sure you follow and if possible, leave a nice review of the podcast on your chosen platform. Until next time, enjoy your music.